I'm your host, Rachel Fialco, and welcome to The Inner Beauty Code. I'm obsessed with all things personal growth, spirituality, human behavior, beauty, Brazilian jiu-jitsu, and beyond. Join me as we uncover spiritual practices and practical tools for a more fulfilling and purposeful life, all while learning to strike that perfect balance between internal and external beauty. Get ready to embark on a remarkable journey of self-exploration and self-improvement where strength, beauty, and transformation converge. So Natalie, thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, it's a great, great pleasure to be here. Thank you for asking me. Yes, of course. So basically, you are a black belt in jujitsu and have been doing jujitsu for how long? I have been training jujitsu now for uh, just over 11 years. Oh, wow. And so how did you get started doing jujitsu? So previous to jujitsu, I was a mum first and foremost, and I was a social worker. Um, and my remit was uh, housing vulnerable adults. I was married. And the only kind of exercise I did was I did a bit of like swimming. I swam in a local pool and I did a few like open water swimming events. And that was kind of like my entire life was swimming, being a mom and going to work. Um, and I had a situation at work one day where I went to visit a vulnerable client and a family member of theirs held me captive in the apartment for, it was roughly two, two and a half hours. And I was super lucky because during that time they'd implemented these um, badges, but in the badge was like a recording device. So you could click a button and it would go through to a call center and they could hear kind of everything that was going on. Um, and then they would put a phone call through to the police. However, it took the police like a good couple of hours to kind of secure my release and to, you know, talk to the guy who was holding me. And during that time, I was assaulted and I was pinned by my throat. And it had like it changed my life forever entirely. And I realized that I knew nothing of how to defend myself in that kind of situation. But more importantly, I didn't even have the will to fight back. And that was, for me, was the most worrying thing. I wasn't a particularly confident person. You know, for example, if there was a big group of teenagers outside a shop, like I wouldn't go in. Um, I never got a cab on my own if I was coming home from a night out with my girlfriends. And that event really made me realize how low my confidence and my self-esteem was. And in my job, we were given one training session per year on how to work safely alone. And there was no self-defense training or anything like that. And um, after that situation, I really, really struggled. I didn't know whether I was going to be able to go back to work again. Um, and my kids were training karate at the time. And they'd started, there was a local club um, in my village where I lived and my daughter had faced some bullying and she'd got involved with this club. And I went to the instructor and I said, I think I need to learn like how to defend myself. And he said to me, well, karate is not really going to be applicable for that because in a self-defense situation, if you're with somebody who's much bigger and stronger and you try and hit them or you kick them, you're probably just going to make them more angry. But there's this class that we run once a week and it's called jujitsu. And it was really, really difficult 
it was a really difficult beginning. Um, sparring with men was really challenging. It was really triggering. I was still deeply traumatized. But there was a group of women who were training. They were karate black belts and they were training jiu-jitsu. So they were lower level in jiu-jitsu. And they just kept encouraging me to come back. They just kept saying, come back, come back, come back. And I did. And there's a couple of times I drove to training. I didn't make it through the door. I was too nervous. I drove home again. And that happened a few times. And yeah, and then it just started to flow a bit more. And then at about a year in, I started to mix up my training. And I went to another club locally who is, it's run by my instructor, one of my instructors now, Kev Capel. Um, and that just kind of opened up my world. And I got to spar with like higher level, level females. Um, and from there on, I just became completely and utterly hooked entirely. My kids started training fairly soon after me, like a couple of years after me. And we've shared this journey together throughout, which has been beautiful. And then I started helping out with kids classes and adult classes when I was like three or four stripe white belt. And then the opportunity came up for me to start teaching my own classes at Blue Belt. And I gave up my career, um, lived on very little money and went all in for an entire year, shadowing an instructor on how to be like the best jujitsu instructor that I could be. And then I set up my own classes and that was now like nine years ago. And so here I am, I teach jujitsu full time. Um, I teach uh, in my own gym. I also teach in schools. I teach men, women, kids. I have a huge kids team, near on 100 students. Um, and I love my life. I wanted to ask, well, when you were talking about how you were hesitant to keep coming back in when you started jujitsu, because a lot of women can be intimidated, especially women who have passed negative experiences with men to be able to be put in that situation. And I know even for me getting comfortable interacting with men in such an intimate way that is completely platonic and hopefully in all cases, more of a safe space for women. I just wanted to see what your insight is on or what advice you could give to women too, to keep coming or as someone who might be intimidated to try jujitsu for the first time, because I know for me, I didn't try it for years because I thought, oh, this is like a men's thing and I don't want to be wrestling around with men and the nasty, sweaty, hairy, <laughs> gross part of, of getting involved in jujitsu that you just get used to after you continue to come. So how did you push through that to keep coming basically, or to show up? Because I know it's even intimidating to take that first step to walk through the door and try it in the first place. Other women. It all came down to other women. I would not have started if I didn't know that there were other women in the class. Mm -hmm. And I could see how comfortable they were in that training environment. And I knew that something would click. It doesn't at the start. But when you can see other women in that environment where they are not intimidated to be training with men and that they are present in the moment, in the sport, and are literally thinking about how they can escape, how they can win, you know, and it, it's, they're in the game. You see that. And then the hook is you want to get to that. 
And I think as well, it was conversations. So, you know, there are a couple of guys in the in the class when I started and they were newer as well. So in all fairness to them, they hadn't learned how to roll with women. And I think in a lot of gyms that that doesn't come into play until those men are higher grades. And even then, there are some men who just never learn, never yeah. learn. But I was lucky in the gym that I started in that one of the lead instructors was small, real lightweight, and just could could move, you know? And so watching these other women train effectively with these other men and like I said it was a karate environment that I was going into these guys were all karate black belts so they'd all trained the martial art before and they all knew not to go 100% with women so I was really really fortunate in that respect but if it had been just me and no other women I'm not sure that I would still be here in all fairness. However, there were a couple of guys there and they were younger guys who were just great. And they were, they, I don't know, they were just really kind, patient and compassionate, which then made me feel not nervous about being around them. And so I was lucky in, in that sense. And I know that like not all women are, but when you're looking for a gym, I just think it's so important that you look at their social media, you look at their website and make sure that there's pictures of women training there. Yeah, I think that's amazing too. And, and that's the experience that I had going into. I started at a gym where I was automatically right away put with men that were like, I, I started training with like a really high purple belt who's now a brown belt and he's a dad and he was very helpful and older than me. So he was, he was my partner for the first day. And then even guys my age, it's, it was very nice to be able to get comfortable interacting with men that way and not feel like it's anything more than just mm. you two being present on the mat learning together or them teaching you or that's one thing I appreciate about jujitsu and I know coming from someone who if you've had like really terrible experiences with men it's a nice way to learn how to interact with men in a, in a comfortable mm. way because I know that can be very intimidating for women like even my sister she's like how do you want these dirty disgusting men sweating in your face and hair and toenails and I'm just yeah yeah I'm kind of with her some days some days I'm with her you know what I mean it's it can be pretty grim and it's not ideal like in in any situation there's there's not going to be that perfect setup you know I remember like one training session with a guy where I was just like I just feel like he's dry humping me like this isn't about jujitsu anymore but I had a good enough relationship with the instructor that I could go don't pair with pair me with him again and like maybe keep an eye because that was not great you know Mm -hmm. it's a shame that it's there but it is there's going to be no perfect environment Mm -hmm. to train in but I think sisterhood is incredibly important and solidarity with other women is really really important especially in a male-dominated environment Mm -hmm. and I actually that was the next another thing I wanted to ask you I know that you are very supportive and coming from your background of being a nurse or working with patients in a compassionate way, I think from my perspective of what I see of you, it's helpful. And and, and this is just a overall 
no matter what you do, not having to do with jujitsu, whatever career you're in, I know a lot of times women will think, oh, this is what I do. These are my skills. And they can't see what they do now could translate into something completely different in the future. And I, when I see you and have learned about like your past history, I, I see that. I see how you have such a nurturing and caring and compassionate way about you, the way that you teach and how you interact with students and you're very welcoming to women. And I think that's so important because there are other gyms and other communities in jujitsu where women are not very supportive of each other and it's, it's competitive. And I don't really understand it because yes, like I know if you're going to be doing a competition and you take jujitsu very seriously, okay, great. I understand. But I think it's important, like you said, for women to be very supportive of each other in a community and environment like this. And I really appreciate that when I see that in other people. And I think what you're doing with your school and your mission in jujitsu, I think, to create that kind of place for women and even for children and for men as well is really special and important. I know exactly what you're saying, Rachel. I have trained in environments where it hasn't been welcoming from other women. It's been uber, uber competitive. And it makes me so, so sad because I don't really see it as their their fault. Obviously, they have to take responsibility for their attitudes and things like that. But without going too deep down the road of patriarchy and, and things like that, there's like that it's the age old thing of there's not enough opportunities for women. So we're pitted against each other. And through that comes that real rush of ego and, you know, the fight to the death for recognition, to find your place, to belong even, because it's like the environment that they're in, it's created that there isn't they're not valued for who they are, what they bring to the table, that there's only so many spots for women. And even then you see like in the highest level competitive sports, you know, there's nowhere near as many spots for the women in the ADCC as there are for the men, you know, and the weight brackets are incomparable, things like that. Mm -hmm. And so you can kind of understand where this competitiveness comes from. However, at the end of the day, for us all to grow together and to, to help each other and to create more opportunity, we have to support each other. There has to be that solidarity. And there is a crossover. This is a competitive sport. And if you are training, particularly for competition, the assertiveness, it can translate as kind of meanness towards each other and anger and if you let things get too personal and bring in emotion into that melting pot it can actually be a really toxic environment and I think I learned a lot at Blue Belt where I was part of a really competitive team and there was a lot of us women who were all at the same level who were all fought at the same weight division and it was really really hard going to tournaments with your teammates when you were pitted against each other in a not particularly supportive way sometimes. And it's only now, like it got, I got to like late purple when the penny really dropped for me. And I was like, oh, this is just shit. Like, this is just shit. We should be like really helping each other. And so now I've learned from that. And the environment that I teach in, like, it's competitive. Oh yeah. I've got a strong competition team and my gym is 50-50. I have 50% men and 50% women. And although we train hard, there is a goal. There is a very personal goal. It's an individual sport. 
what is always brought into that by myself and the other instructors is that we support each other as a team entirely. And when we are sparring on the mat, that's a game. We're playing the game. We're doing the sport. And I will regularly sit at the end of class and talk to my students about how wherever possible, we have to park emotion at the door. When we walk in, we slap hands, we tap fists, that if we bring a shed load of emotion, of, of ego, of uh, lack of self-esteem, all of those things to the round, that it's not going to feel great. And we're probably not going to perform at our best. That being said, took me a really long time to be able to do that. You know, the amount of times I would leave my gym, drive home and just be in floods and floods of tears because I just felt so frustrated and felt like I wasn't getting anywhere because I would bring a load of emotional crap into the rounds, you know? So if you can start to practice to leave emotion out, out of those rounds, yeah, you're going to have shitty rounds where you don't do very well. But nine times out of 10, that's going to come from either you're not physically recovered enough to train or you're bringing other stuff in. Yeah, which is typical in, in most life and any relationship you have with anything when you bring your past experiences into it that has nothing to do with it. It's going to more often than not negatively affect that present experience. I've seen it on the other side from from coaches at tournaments where male coaches are coaching women and they're coaching them in like such a personal way but it's not effective they're not coaching them in a way where they're helping them with their technique through the match or they're giving them that positive reinforcement of like, yeah, you're good here, you're good here, hold position and things like that. They'll do things like, oh, look at her, she's getting tired, she's getting tired. And kind of like to bring the other person down and it all becomes a bit personal and it all becomes a bit iffy. That's not what sport is about at all. Sport is about performance, performing at your best, not trying to unpick your opponent. And then equally at the end of the match, if women don't win, I see these guys, these male coaches, whether or not they're their partner or whether they're just a coach, showing active disappointment. And I think, well, you're just fueling that. You're fueling that woman's low self-esteem. When surely look at what she's just done, whether she wins or she loses, what she's just done is absolutely fucking amazing. She's you know, she show up on a mat yeah. in front of for another human thousands, being. Hundreds yeah. of people. Yeah. Exactly. Let, put it all on the line you know gone through that fire of intense nerves you know mm -hmm. really I know winning's important of course it is and wanting to win even more important and if you're a full-time athlete I know how much that's going to hold for you but ultimately if you don't pan out and look at the bigger picture of how you're living your life and how it's serving you you're just on a hiding to nowhere really and it's going to bring downfall yeah it's like a burnout yeah yeah emotional burnout and these coaches like they need to flip the switch this is all about raising people up that's it simple mm -hmm. exactly another thing I wanted to talk to you about how I know how much jujitsu has given me I've only been doing jujitsu for a year and a half now and when I started jujitsu, I had no idea the mental, emotional, physical, social benefits that I would get from learning this sport and everything that you just touched on. 
aside from being in competition and the technical part, what are the, what are some things that you wouldn't have expected that you would gain from jujitsu? For me, I didn't have any idea how much like strategy and thinking and feeling was involved in jujitsu. So when I started, it really went hand in hand with my yoga practice too, of understanding that, wow, when you're thinking and you're freaking out, it's not going to help you. So I just couldn't believe how much it forced me to focus on being present and what I'm doing and leaving everything else that has nothing to do with that present moment of what you're experiencing out of, of it. Mm -hmm. And even just the confidence you get knowing that when you practice and practice that the automatic reaction that you could have that could save your life, giving you even seconds to get out of a situation that's uncomfortable could potentially be dangerous for you is not like anything else that I, I've experienced before and didn't expect coming into this. Yeah, I think you touched on on one of the major things, and that is being entirely present. So before I did jujitsu, you don't know what you don't know, right? Mm -hmm. I had no awareness particularly of myself. I was either living in the past or I was living in the future. And I was very mind-led. I wasn't really sitting in my body. I'd never meditated. I'd never done any kind of yoga practice. And one of the biggest things that jiu-jitsu taught me that if I was not present in my training, I was getting zero out of it. And I was going to lose for sure in the sparring. And that was a complete and utter game changer. And even just being in my body, pinned underneath side control, not able to move, but knowing that I needed to keep my arms to my body to not allow any space and to just wait, just to be in it. That was like a major, major thing for me. And that became so addictive because it's therapy, right? It's a form of therapy because whatever else is going on in your life, you come training. And if you really go all in on it, there's going to be a moment where you're not thinking about that thing that's been dominating your brain and the overthinking brain all the time. And that opened up a portal for me entirely. Confidence came with it. Confidence in my ability, obviously, to defend myself, but also my physical ability. I never really had that much confidence in my body. Before jiu-jitsu, I had only ever been concerned with looking a certain way and being a certain weight, right? Mm -hmm. That was like the weight just was like all over the place. And when I started jiu-jitsu, I came in at a really unhealthy weight for me. I was swimming compulsively six times a week. I was at Weight Watchers. I was 58 kilos, which for my frame was not the correct weight at all. I wasn't, I didn't have a good relationship with food, suppressing appetite by smoking, you know, all of the terrible things that, that we do uh, when we don't know any better. And I soon realized through training that I could not train like this. You know, I couldn't breathe. So if I can't breathe, then I can't even do a round. And even if it's not there kind of outwardly to start with, it triggers in you that competitive nature, right? Mm -hmm. So even right at the start, I didn't want to have to sit out a round because I couldn't breathe. I wanted to be able to do all the rounds like the other people did, like the guys did. And so I learned so much about myself going into that and about my strengths and my weaknesses and my ego. I learned huge amounts. And then the bits of myself that I saw that I didn't like, it then made me reflect 
And I don't think there'd been a lot of reflection going on. I think it was literally just mindless living prior to that. Mm -hmm. And so that reflection would come in and I'd be like, oh, I really don't like how I felt when I was training with that guy or I could feel myself like getting antsy. I don't like that about myself. You know, that's something I really need to think about and maybe like work on a little bit. And this guy, like he makes me feel nervous. I wonder why, why does he make me feel nervous? Is it him or is it actually something in me? And that just like exploded into a pathway of like self discovery mm-hmm. or from grabbing hold of another person and trying to get on top. There's nothing like it. There's nothing like it. And Throughout my entire career with jiu-jitsu, you know, I, I've been married, I've been divorced, I've been remarried, you know, I've had really tough times in life. Jiu-jitsu has been my one constant where I knew that I could show up. You don't have to speak to anybody. I mean, if you don't really want to, there doesn't have to be chit-chat. There's a format to it. You go in, you drill some technique, you roll. You end the class, you shower, you go home. And through the toughest times of my life, jiu-jitsu was there for me entirely. You know, it may have been terrible jiu-jitsu because, you know, it was tricky. But to put me on a path of awareness, to align myself and to continuously grow as a human being. And still now I'm learning every day because of the people I interact with. They have different needs. I have different needs. This person's bringing up this thing in me. What is that? That's new. Let's investigate it. And I've never seen anything or found anything else like it. Yeah, that's amazing. And just even like you said, when you show up and wanting to change and having something that will motivate you to make changes that maybe all of your life you've struggled with just so that you can continue doing it even physically like I know when my weight is higher it's going to be more physically challenging for me to do certain moves and even women that I spar with they're heavier and, and maybe their lifestyle isn't healthy I can see and witness how much more difficult it is for them to do certain moves and they can't even do certain things because of their weight. And I've seen massive transformations with people, which is incredible. Like a a guy that at my old gym that I used to train at, he lost so much weight and got so much healthier and just his whole lifestyle changed because of jujitsu. And when he started competing and dropping weight because of that, but being able to keep it off consistently because of everything that he was gaining mentally, emotionally, as well from jujitsu and just the commitment of having something to show up for in your life was for him and just other people that I've seen. It's really incredible. And so that's amazing. I love, I love that that's happened for you. Yeah. It's an incredible thing because I've seen it both ways. So from my perspective, I was massively underweight Mm -hmm. and I wasn't performing well at all. And I went from believing that my value was placed in how I looked Mm -hmm. to wanting my body to serve me in terms of being able to train effectively. And I've been heavier and a bit sluggish and gone, "Mm -hmm, okay, you know, we need to kind Mm -hmm. of lean down a bit to get the mobility back again. And I've been too light with not enough fuel. Mm -hmm. And so it's changed my relationship with food entirely. I also now work with an incredible nutritionist who understands my sport fueled by macros. She is just the best investment I ever made. But it just makes your purpose 
different. So where it used to be calorie counting, now it's literally like, well, I'm going to have this training session today. So what am I going to eat beforehand? What am I going to eat afterwards? And it's created a beautiful balance in my life. I'm just not obsessed the way I used to be about how I look. And I don't know if that's just jujitsu. I think it's it goes hand in hand with getting a little bit older. Mm -hmm. But I'm really starting to not give a fuck anymore. I really am. I know when I feel good and I know when I don't. And I know what action I need to take in order to right the balance. But ultimately, my body's amazing. She does amazing things every single day. I have to remember that. And I, I sometimes get the kind of wake up call again when I have a new student come to me and, you know, maybe they're over 40. And they'll stand and they'll be like, oh, my God, how do you do that? And I'm like, well, come here. Let's go. I'll show you because you can do it, too. Mm -hmm. Because our bodies, like, they are amazing, Rachel, you know, and we are mm -hmm. we are not an ornament. We're not there just to look look pretty, you know, Yeah. for men. Yes, I like to look nice. Yes, you know, but I do it for me now. And I'm not doing it because I'm looking for that validation that, 29 year old Natalie definitely was you know mm -hmm. the skinnier the better the more comments the better you know all of those things body confidence is not about looks or about how I'm wearing something it is all about how I feel and that is a game changer I could not agree more. And I think with the social climate that we live in, I feel for younger generations that everything is so much how you look and how you're perceived by other people in such a narrowly viewed way, especially through social media. And I think if I could gift anything to women, it would be the understanding that it's not out here what other people think or what other people see that makes you confident or gives you confidence. It's, it is how you feel about yourself. And once you really truly grasp that and that sinks into your being, you, your life change and it gives you such a freedom that is unlike anything else. And I love jujitsu and I've encouraged so many women to try specifically for the fact that you show up to the mats and it, no one gives a crap what you look like. Like it is, you're not there to be pretty. You're there to, to work and to learn. Mm -hmm. And again, such a freeing experience that it's so beneficial for people, especially women struggling to find a purpose, because I think we're lucky that we've found something to be passionate about or something that brings us. Yeah, I guess unless you've tried jujitsu and you and you become obsessed with it, like most people I know do, you wouldn't understand. But it's just such a different way of living. And then jujitsu also supports that in women, understanding how how much um, of a gift it is to feel good about yourself rather than to pretend or always trying to live up to some external standard of what you think you're supposed to be like, rather than being like, this is me. This is how I am now and it's okay because I love myself and I'm here trying to do what's best for my body. And I know when I go one way or the other, I'm going to get the alarm from my body telling me, okay, it's time to come back to what is best for us. And I think that's such a gift. And Yeah. And it doesn't matter. Like if somebody is judging you on the mat for how you look, fuck them. It doesn't matter. Like it genuinely doesn't matter. It's about, it's health, isn't it? It's health. It's mm -hmm. all about health. 
you know, I like to get my nails done, mm -hmm. right? That makes me feel great, particularly in jujitsu, right? Because my hands, they're like, I don't know, tree stumps. Um, but you can't have nails in jujitsu. Like, yeah, exactly. First, say goodbye to your nails. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know if you've got any finger boobs yet, but these things that the callus that, that, that grow on your, I can't even say it properly, but they grow on your fingers. Like my fingers are not attractive fingers, but I'm damn proud of them because they serve me and my grips are fucking strong, right? Mm -hmm. And it just becomes more about self-worth mm -hmm. rather than looking for that validation elsewhere, which once women get to that point, they're unstoppable. They are unstoppable. When they don't give a fuck about how they're perceived by other people and men, like the world is theirs. They're untouchable. And yeah, such a powerful force to be reckoned with and such a beautiful thing. And for that to come through sport, a male-dominated sport, I love it. I think it's great. Yeah. That's the thing. And it's not about being like, well, F everybody else. And I don't care. It's about like, I know who I am. I'm okay with it. And I don't need that other person. Because it's always like, you are only judging people through a lens that you believe, like the the views that you believe about yourself, really, honestly. Mm -hmm. like it's how, it's how we've all been raised. We've all been raised like it, right? We're all going to judge each other mm -hmm. because it's, it's the way we've been raised. It's all the way that we've been conditioned. But the thing is, if you can look at somebody, form an instant judgment because it happens and then go, stop doing that. Yeah. You know, yeah. there's your conditioning. Mm -hmm. <laughs> there's the patriarchy. There's the, yeah. let's go find out what that person's like. Let's train. And also when that comes up, it's also like a great opportunity to say, huh? Why did I think that about that person? Like, what about me got triggered because of who they showed up as? And that is like, again, it's all about you. And it's all learning, right? It's all self, like self-learning. And that's what we're here for, really, I believe. It's to just learn and to keep going and to serve. To serve and to learn. That's pretty much it. And to help other people. So... I want to ask a little bit more about your school and I know Iris, your daughter is your little partner in crime for your school and just your jujitsu journey. So what is next for your school or what's your mission behind this school? Tell me more about that because I really, I came and visited. I'm going to come to more classes hopefully soon. Um, and I really love it. And it was such a nice experience and the nice group of people that you have. It, it was a small group of people that I had the class. So I love the intimacy of being able to work in that environment. That is what GROW is all about. So GROW is all about authenticity, inclusivity, and freedom. Those are like the core values of the team. I have quite a large kids program and I have a smaller adult program, which I love. I really love it like that because it means that I can offer personalized training. It started three years ago. I was training and teaching in another gym. I had my own classes alongside it and the in-training environment, it just didn't serve me anymore. And so I made the decision to come away from that and to start my own thing because I needed to bring in my values. And I've been super lucky to be able to share this journey with both of my kids. Jessica's a little older. Um, her path has just led her in a different direction. She trained until she was 16. She has great jujitsu basics, for, which I'm eternally grateful for. I know that she knows how to defend herself and being a tiny uh, woman, like it, it really does give me reassurance. Iris 
I never met anybody who loved jujitsu as much as Iris does. If Iris misses a training session, they are devastated. And it's been a part of who Iris is since they were four, five years old. And so coming up, they've been able to see my teaching style and to implement their own way of being as well. And being able to share that journey with Iris is just, uh, it's, it's the joy. It's the joy of my life. And wherever Iris's life takes them, jiu-jitsu is always here. And I will encourage them to do whatever it is that makes them happy. Now, it appears to be teaching jiu-jitsu and to help me run the school, which is amazing. I teach a lot of teenagers um, and they come to me for various reasons. A lot of the time it's to do with bullying, self-esteem, things like that. And along the way, I've picked up another kid called Andre and he is just fantastic. He's got an amazing competitive career ahead of him. He's already dominated the youth scene in the UK here, um, done a great job, but he's also a really kind and patient instructor. Initially, the goal for Grow is just to create more opportunities um, for people maybe who want to train in the day. Some of our classes are getting a little bit bigger and I want to be able to offer, again, smaller kind of workshop classes throughout the weeks as well. And in all honesty, Rachel, I love my life and I love my career the way it is. And I know that that's not cool or trendy because we should always be like, you know, uber ambitious. And maybe I should be aiming for, you know, the dizzy heights of like a big shiny gym. And But I never want to get to the point where I lose contact with my students, you know? Yeah. And I want to create my own little legacy. You know, when I get older and I need to kind of take time away and maybe not teach six days a week anymore, that my instructors that have come up underneath me that will eventually be my equals and stand side by side, they already do, but you know, stand side by side with me, that they carry on the ethos of this, which is all about raising up people and allowing people to find out who they really are and to reap the benefits of jujitsu, just like we have, just like Andre has, just like Iris has. Yeah. Aesthetically speaking, I like it. I like my little gym. I like teaching in schools. It keeps me connected to my community as well. You know, I have a deep connection with the teachers in the schools and the parents of the children that I teach. And I really, really like that. And I think that's amazing. For me, I'm not a huge competitor. I started jujitsu when I was 36. And not everyone's going to be Roger Gracie. Not everyone's going to be Gordon Ryan. Like you said, there's only so many people who can be at the height and be number one in the in the ADC championship and ADCC yeah you nearly got there yeah but I think that even what you're doing people like you who are in a community and sharing the principles of jujitsu the skills especially for kids to help kids learn how to deal with bullying, how to defend themselves if other kids come at them, to be able to have this confidence and even the energy that doing jujitsu creates around you, to be able to share that with kids at a young age is so beneficial because that then they can spread that out to other people and just being who they are in this jujitsu environment, learning these things and then sharing it with the world is so much more impactful in a lot of ways than being the best, biggest gym, you know, and having 20 locations. 
I think it's those small gyms that create this ripple effect mm-hmm. that raises everyone up and helps to create more positive energy and better people in the community is is just incredible and and I think we need more of that and I and I just really love love that about your your mission and yeah it's wonderful and selfishly I get to see it right yeah you know I'm not stuck behind a desk managing numbers panicking about whether I've got enough money to pay the rent on a big gym implementing more classes because I need more students to make more money I get to see people grow mm-hmm. I get to see a grown man walk into my gym with no confidence, but a massive ego. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I get to teach him jujitsu. I get to humble him with him training with a 15-year-old female who's going to kick his ass in the first first few months. Mm -hmm. And I get to teach him jujitsu, but I get to teach him how to roll effectively with smaller, weaker people. I get to teach him how to be a team player. He's a, he becomes a valued member of that team. There's opportunity for him to help out with events, you know, with kids, like to come to competitions, compete, but more importantly, support the team. Every now and again, I'll take my kids team to like one of the national competitions. And I always put it out to all of the adults. Hey, guys, you know, we're going to drive up to this tournament. We've got four or five kids competing. You're very, very welcome to come. When they come, they're given a job, whether it's to film certain matches you know, whether to make sure this kid is in the warm-up area at the right time. Like, Mm -hmm. it's a team. It's a community. Mm -hmm. And I get to see that, Rachel, you know? I get to see, and that is, like, that's a high. That's a buzz, right? Yeah. And if for whatever reason, there's somebody who comes into my team and they're not a fit, they're not a fit. Mm -hmm. The way I am and the way I teach is not going to be for everybody, and that's okay. Mm -hmm. But also, not everybody is going to be for us. and that's again, that's okay. There's no personal shit that comes into that. You know, some guys, they want that testosterone fueled environment, you know, and like we have it here, but it's balanced out because even my classes are community led because once my teenagers hit 14, 15, as long as they can handle themselves, they're welcome to, you know, into the adult class. So then you might have like a 25-year-old uber competitive adult male who's in the class with a 14-year-old girl. Completely normal, you know? Mm -hmm. And everybody has to work around each other. And that 14-year-old girl is going to make my 120-kilo guy far more technical in his jiu-jitsu so that when he comes to compete, he's not just laying on people. He's not just throwing his weight around. Mm -hmm. He's got a brilliant guard game because, you know, he's had to learn how to train with her effectively and she's going to be trying to pass his guard you know 100 miles an hour and he's got to he's got to mm-hmm. rise to the occasion so to speak so for me it's just a buzz like i love love this um i'm terrible at admin terrible and when people join i hold my hands up i'm like you're going to have to bear with me on that side of things because this is what i love to do absolutely love to do and i'm super grateful that i have people in my team who help me manage events and things like that so it never takes me away from my passion which is to teach spend time with people um, encourage them to be authentically who they are to to bring what they want to bring to the table the training environment is a safe space I'm here I'm no therapist or anything like that but 
life is hard. Like life is brutal, especially for people who don't get to live their purpose. And that's most people. There's a lot of people out there who get stuck in in a grind. And Mm -hmm. this gym, this environment, this community adds light to their lives. And that's what it's all about. For me, that's entirely like what it's all about. And I never want to lose that. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, you just touched on something that's so important. I think so many people get stuck on autopilot and they can't see anything outside of their current circumstances. They don't have the vision or they don't see the light. They can't see the light because they're stuck in the dark. So I think if someone is stuck in that place, just try something. If you have a like a inner nudging to to try jujitsu or to try something that you've always wanted to try, just do it. From my experience, you have no idea what it's going to bring to your life or what opportunity it has to change you and to add light to your life. And especially if they can find a community like yours, where you're showing people how to basically rise and live at a higher level mm-hmm. of interaction with other human beings and themselves, that I think, and I hope <laughs> that is going to start becoming more and more common or more and more the norm amongst humans hopefully you know yeah coming up and I think yeah I think because so many people are stuck and and searching and and tired of having no purpose or having nothing that gives them fulfillment or true joy and I think Mm -hmm. jujitsu and and it's amazing jujitsu can be one of those things for people and I have so many friends too that are stuck that are moms that have never really found their passion or career and and don't have a career to to even get joy out of and have no passions outside of their family that they can go and feel like this is my thing and and it's just take a step like take the step to do it and try something and you might stumble into something like Mm Jiu-Jitsu that can change your life and create a community and and gift you so much Mm -hmm. fulfillment that you wouldn't have ever imagined yeah entirely entirely it's so easy to get stuck in these roles that we play and to lose ourselves and Sometimes you don't even realize it's happened other than that mm-hmm. low level feeling of discontentment and disconnection. Mm-hmm. And like you say, try something, anything. And if it's not right, try something else. Mm-hmm. Just keep trying something. Just keep like edging towards connecting with yourself because that's never going to be a bad thing. Yeah, exactly. Well, before we wrap up, is there anything else that you want to share? Any advice that you have for women that might be in- too intimidated to try jujitsu or? or maybe stuck in that place, like you said, try something, try something else. Is there anything else that we didn't cover that you would want to share? I think the only thing I would say is put a little bit of trust in yourself and just push yourself. I tell this to all my students, like even when it comes to the last round of training, push yourself because it's so comfortable to sit back and live in fear, right? We all live in fear to some some degree. It is, it is what it is, but... Mm-hmm. If you just push yourself just a little bit, you don't know where it's going to take you. You don't know who you're going to meet. And whether it's jujitsu or it's something else, you could go out there and you could meet the best friend you ever had just by a passing thing because you pushed yourself to go to this class or you know this event or whatever it might be. Because if we just stay where it's comfortable, we're never going to grow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it. I love that. 
I love, I love you, Natalie. I love your mission. <laughs> I love the wisdom and the love and compassion that you have for other people and that you share with your community and beyond. And I'm really happy to know you. And thank you so much for being with me today. Thank you, girl. I'm happy to know you too. Oh, great. And then if people want to find you on social or learn more about you, where can they go? They can find me at growjujitsu.com online and growjujitsu on Instagram. Um, we're based in Oxfordshire and we love visitors. We're super welcoming and open. So if anybody wants to come down and just come and join us for a class, uh, you're always welcome. Perfect. Yeah, it's a quick trip on the train from London. Thank you so much, Natalie. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you got some valuable takeaways from this episode. Info will be in the show notes, but the Inner Beauty Code podcast is available on all major listening platforms. Don't forget to follow and subscribe so you never miss an episode. We love to hear from you. So if there are any other topics you want to hear about, DM at Inner Beauty Code on Instagram. See you next time. And remember, unlocking the code to your inner beauty is always within your reach.